All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. We got a front office insider for ESPN, Bobby Marks. Bobby, uh, thanks for uh, taking some time to hop on Lakers Talk. No, my pleasure. How are you? Doing good. Doing all right. You know, when I saw that news break uh, this past weekend um, in regards to Luol Deng and that buyout that the Lakers, uh, you know, obviously agreed to with Luol Deng, I I wanted to get you on. I I certainly want to get your thoughts. Can can you just maybe just um, uh, talk about two Laker fans out there and other basketball fans out there? What does this buyout exactly mean? Do do you think it's it's a significant move? Is it a small move? How, How would you... How would you uh, describe what the Lakers and Luol Deng did? I think it's somewhere in between. I, I was expecting this to happen um, next summer with Luol Deng. Um, the understanding was that he eventually would be stretched if they could not find a home for him. Um, if he was um, you know, stretched uh, next July, his cap hit would have been 6.3. Now it's at 5, so they get they get some savings here. Um, I don't think the Lakers went into the weekend thinking that maybe this was something of a possibility because uh, waving him right now didn't, you know, really didn't make sense unless he was going to give back significant money. And, you know, he gave back $7.45 million, um, which is a lot of money um, for, for Dang, who is in the, you know, towards the tail end of his career um, to go play somewhere, somewhere else. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, I think we, we now have a clear path or the Lakers have a clear path to, you know, to, to go out and get a max guy, um, without, you know, with, with dang off the books now. Do you think it was more important? I mean, how much from a, from a buyout perspective? And, and if you look at some of the totals out there, Kevin Durant, because he's 10 years into the NBA would be due more money than some of these other players. Do you think that has something to do with it as well? Lakers were able to agree to a number where, if Kevin Durant, hypothetically, next summer decided, I'm going to take some meetings, Lakers can be a meeting that would be, uh, you know, obviously uh, realistic? Yeah, I mean, I think you have that, you know, you've got the 32-7 number, which is the Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Max contract, and then you have the, you know, that next level, level which is the 10-plus the year guy, you know, which is like 38-1, which is, yeah, which is Kevin Durant. Um, I, I think you, there's always ways for you to go out and um, – you know, uh, clear cap space teams have shown that, but I think to, to get a good comfort level where you really don't have to make any, um, any moves if you need that slot, um, that was kind of the magic number for the Lakers to, you know, get a good comfort level with Dang is that, you know, and that, and that between that seven and $7.5 million. And, um, you know, as I said before, you know, if, if, if he had come back and said, you know, I'll give back two and a half and I don't even think, I don't even think 5 million would have, would have gotten a d- deal done. But when you, yeah, when you when you give up a good chunk of change like Luol did, I think it just made sense for her both sides. Now, Bobby, with all your with all your um, obviously your front office experience, can you just give your perspective? Lakers, uh, the, this new front office has been there for about a year and a half now. Obviously, Magic Palenka. Um, how would you describe their tenure so far? Obviously, there's been some some big moves, some small moves. What what would you say if if you're kind of assessing their first year and a half, how would you best describe how this front office has done so far? I, I would say they probably over-delivered, <laughs> if mm-hmm. that's saying anything. And I, I think there haven't, there haven't been too many, um, too many misses here um, with what they were able to do based on you know, the track record when you acquired Brooke Lopez and then you were able to draft Kyle Kuzma, you moved D'Angelo Russell, you got that Mozgov contract off, and, and how they've been able to draft um, you know, with Josh Hart and 
Um, you know, with Lonzo, um, you know, we'll see what Mo Wagner will will do this year as far as from a developmental standpoint. And I, I think the big thing is is that you always want to have a plan, and you don't really want to just kind of throw darts at a dartboard with with blinders on. And you know, once they were able to get LeBron um, to commit, um, you know, on the first of July, they didn't overreact and go out and sign guys to multi-year year deals. Um, they 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 retain their flexibility to go into the summer of 2019. And I think that was kind of the whole understanding that, you know, how they were going to build this team. You know, it wasn't going to be in, you know, in one summer. It was just going to take a little bit of time, especially where, you know, where Golden State in, in, in Houston is done. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they've they've gone about, you know, the, the plan that they put, they put in place when, you know, Magic was hired, you know, I guess uh, a year and a half ago. Front office insider for ESPN, Bobby Marks, joins Lakers Talk. Let, let's stay real quick on, on 2019. There's um, a ton of names that are obviously going to be available if if everything stays status quo. Out of all those names, is there a name out there that you think might be most realistic? I mean, we, we hear we hear names like Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, but I don't know how realistic that is just based upon the amount of success they're having with the Warriors. But is there a name out there that, that, that you would say – um, maybe has a greater likelihood of, of really entertaining the Lakers? Yeah, I think you're right about the first two names. I think with Clay and, and Kevin, unless really think things go sideways this year, um, the likelihood is that you know, both guys will be back in Golden State. I think, I think the two realistic names are certainly Kawhi Leonard, um, and we'll see what happens in, in, in Toronto this year, and then, of course, Jimmy Butler. Um, those would be your two if I'm the Lakers, and I think they're, they are realistic targets, um, the, the two big names going into, in, into the next summer. I don't think you need to go down the, the guard um, direction with, you know, a Kemba Walker. Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving will be a, um, you know, a free agent also possibly. You know, we'll see what happens with, you know, with, the, with the Marcus Cousins here. But I, I, w- I would think Kawhi would, be, um, Kawhi would be the name um, that if I'm the Lakers, I would want circled. And I think that certainly is a, is a realistic um, – realistic shot for them Bobby now, now that kind of the dust has settled and, and everybody has uh, for the most part found a home you know what this Lakers roster is going to look like um, h- how do you think the Lakers stack up in the Western Conference are they in that you know if there are tiers to the Western Conference and you could say that the Warriors are in their own tier maybe Rockets right below that h- how do you see the Lakers in this in this Western Conference where there could be 10 to 12 teams that are fighting for a playoff spot yeah, I think they're in that tier two. That tier two, and I think there is um, there is a little bit of separation when you look at um, where Golden State is, where Houston is. Um, maybe you could put OKC and possibly Utah as a you know a one B in, in that group, and I think they're in that next level where um, with Denver and um, Portland, New Orleans um, teams that are going to be in that five to um, five to eight range right there. I think for Laker fans, I think you have to have some patience here that the possibility of getting off to a slow start is certainly there because there are so many new faces. Um, and, you know, I think there's eight new faces out of the 14 that are on the roster. And um, and integrating the the younger players there to kind of, you know, put them in a role to win games. You know, it's it's, it's easy when you're kind of playing up the string and you're, you're, you're playing for lottery position year in, year out. But when you're when you're jockeying for playoff positions, I think younger players react uh, differently. So, you know, they won, I guess, what, 35 last year, I believe? Yeah, 35. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, so I think you can be in that, that 47 to 48 range, and that, that would get you in that probably in that, probably around that five or six seed, like, you know, team, like teams last year. 
Bobby, is there a playoff team in the Western Conference, a team that made the playoffs last season that you feel might be taking a step or two back? Any team stand out there? Uh, yeah, I've got concerns with Minnesota. I, I, I do. Um, yeah, well, it'll, be, it'll be interesting what they do. With their, they've got a couple roster spots open. If it is Luol Deng or jo- uh, Joaquin Noah, um, if that's filled. You know, the, the Butler free agency kind of hanging over their head going into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not agreed to an extension yet with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, what are we going to get with, uh, with Andrew Wiggins on that, that big kind of, you know, first year of that max contract? Um, you know, they, they got in as a, um, you know, right at the end, you know, you know, in the last game of the year. I think they can certainly take a, a step back just based on, I, I've got some concerns with their, their depth there. Uh, Portland, you know, is there a hangover effect from losing, getting swept by, uh, New Orleans in the, in the first round there? So, you know, if you, if you, if you put the Lakers in the mix and now Denver in the mix, you know, there's two teams that are going to have to be bumped out of there. So I think, I think if we're talking about teams, uh, those two would be it. Is there is there a team, uh, and it could be in the entire NBA, that really nobody's talking about that you think could be a surprise team? You like some of their offseason moves, or they're just kind of towards that stage of development? Is there a team in the East or the West that, that um, maybe isn't getting as much pub- publicity that uh, that you think can have some success this upcoming year? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know if Utah is still flying under the radar based on them getting to the second round, but... You know, they didn't do anything flashy in the offseason. They're basically basing it on continuity, roster continuity, mm-hmm. bringing this group back. Um, you know, I think with, with them, possibly Indiana, um, you know, how they were able to build their bench with uh, Tyree Evans and Kyle Quinn, Doug McDermott, um, some of those players there, and they retained basically the whole, the whole roster there. So I, I think those are the kind of teams that if you're going to say it's kind of flying a little bit under the radar based on, you know, the move that Los Angeles was able to do and with the Lakers, with um, Toronto was able to do um, out, out east, those would be my two teams. Final question. Uh, we got Bobby Marks, uh, front office insider for ESPN on Lakers Talk. Bobby, just um, seeing how the Lakers constructed the rest of their roster, and I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, it was strategic in the sense that some of these players are one-year deals. Um, but at the same time, how do you like the way the Lakers brought in guys like Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson and, and kind of the approach they're taking, maybe a little bit different of approach than some of the other teams in the NBA where it's all about scoring? Um, what, what's your thoughts on how the Lakers assemble the rest of their schedule or the rest yeah, of their I mean, roster? I, yeah, I mean, I think I'm probably more in the minority where it, I, I actually like some of the moves that they were able to do. I mean, I, yeah, maybe Lance at, at that number, that you know, that 4-3, four, 4-4 four four number on a – you know, maybe you could have got them a little bit cheaper, but I, I, I'm a big fan of the Rondo move because I think it gives a great mentor towards Lonzo, and I think that both of them can possibly play together. Um, you know, you bring KCP back, so there's some familiarity there. Uh, as I call these guys kind of placeholders, and, and I look at what, where the, all these signings is kind of a, a trial run error, you know, to see what works going forward as far as how they build this roster out in the summer of 2019 as far as from a style of play. So, I, I'm, I have no issues with how they did it because they, they retain flexibility. You know, you're a playoff team and you retain your flexibility and you, you have all your young kids still. So um, I understood the, the rationale of going the one-year route based on, you know, where this summer of 2019 with this free agent class is. Bobby, great stuff as always. Appreciate you uh, taking some time and uh, really kind of breaking it down for a lot of NBA fans out there. No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you.